Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie, here alone again, but that's okay because Spencer is raising a beautiful little baby. And today I am joined by the yet-to-be-defrocked Reverend Kaylee, <laughs> recent seminary <laughs> grad and all-around beautiful human. We just met at Wild Goose. We were roommates. It was so cute. Welcome, <laughs> Kaylee. Thanks. Yeah, rooming rooming with Josie was a lot of fun. There was yeah. a lot of fun that weekend. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and I decided to go that weekend. Yeah, neither did I. Um, yeah, I mean, I went la- I went last year, but it was a completely different group of people outside of Mason. Mm-hmm. And I went partnerless, which is always scary for me as a disabled human. And then I was like, well, fuck it. If I die, I die. Let's just get drunk. And I got real drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of drinking. Like people who, I'm assuming people who listen to your podcast probably listen to the podcast of the other people that were probably, there. Probably, yeah. Like, honestly, somebody should have just put a microphone in the middle of the room and been like, here's all your favorite podcast hosts, and this is what they do behind yeah. those doors. We're all goddamn idiots. That's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast. But Kaylee, tell uh, folks a little bit about you. I loved, I mean, I fell in love with your story, obviously, and I just am obsessed with you. So I want other people to be obsessed with you. Um, yeah, my story, I mean, it depends on how far back you want to go. So like I was, you know, I was raised in a small town, uh, in the evangelical church. I'm at least a three generation, um, a third generation pastor. I, uh, right. Um, I grew up in the independent Christian church, which is a super, um, super evangelical, if not fundamental, uh, denomination. And like, I went to Bible college right out of high school. I got my degree in worship ministry, which by the way, is the biggest waste of money ever. Yeah. Do they teach you how to play a guitar and the four chords they- and that's it? <laughs> so like that's the thing is like you can graduate and not be good at music which is how i made it through i'm not actually good at music i can't hardly sing i can coordinate a worship service um and it'd be incredibly artistic but uh, i have to have other people do the music and stuff so like it was was a terrible degree for me (laughs) Uh, yeah uh and then I decided like my senior year, like I wanted to become 
uh, I wanted to become a professor. And I, like at this time I was super evangelical myself. Um, and my professors liked me. Like I was really good at Bible college and they all saw me as this, uh, this cishet white dude at the time. Uh, so, and, um, so yeah, they encouraged me to go to seminary, get my master's and, um, yeah. And so I did, I, and I, I stayed in the same, uh, tradition, the independent Christian church, but this was, I graduated college in two, uh, 2009, which was a re- like huge recession still going on. And the yeah. college I went to was a small town in Illinois. So I put a year and a half in there and I left and joined the military. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, in the, in the military, I was really good at my job. I was in it for almost nine years and I, um, I left as a conscientious objector because that's whenever my, uh, like my deconstruction happened as well as in the military. And like at a certain point I was like, Oh, I can't just keep taking part in actually murdering other people. And so I was like, I can't do this anymore. I put in my paperwork to, um, to separate as a conscientious objector. And that took like a year to go through. And, uh, I separated early on my second enlistment. <laughs> what does that mean? That's crazy. I've actually never heard of that. The conscientious um, objector. Yeah, basically it just means that your religious beliefs mean that you don't feel you can take part in the military anymore. And which I, I don't like I'm a pacifist now. <laughs> um so you don't get um, in trouble, like you're not what is it, court martialed or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. So uh and it's a, it's an honorable discharge, like I still got my GI Bill and all of that stuff. Um which I should, because to get a GI Bill, you only have to put in like three years. And I did basically nine. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, yeah, but like, it, it's really, it's so crazy to think back on like where I was before, as opposed to where I am now, like in 2016, I voted for Trump. Oh my like, God. That's where I was in 2016. <laughs> 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 it's okay we all evolved it's okay okay continue <laughs> yeah, hold on. um but yeah i was sitting so i was sitting in class the day after the election uh and sitting next to um uh, a per- uh, it was a military training i was away from home for a month and the person i've been sitting next to she um she's also in the air force she um I'm trying to remember where she came from. I, I want to say she, she came somewhere from Central America. I don't remember which country. Um, like that's she was born there and and stuff. Um, and she was Christian also. And so, like I don't know. I had this like super, this super white uh, frame of mind of like it's really just that people don't have the same beliefs and understandings of me like if somebody was a christian and you know been in the military and had these experiences like they would agree with me and like have the same political opinions and like i'm sitting next to this person who has a different experience and i'm just not seeing the fact that she has actually lived something completely different than me and i just assume that the overlap that we had military christian 
uh, conservative because she was conservative. Uh, and I was just like, um, so in my mind, I was like hearing these news reports of like, especially women being like, you know, not my president and stuff like that. I was like, ah, snowflakes. Right. <laughs> um, and I turned to her and I was like, are you actually worried about the fact that Trump was elected? And she just looked me dead in the eye and said, yes. And that was like, Oh, here's this person that I thought like had enough overlap would have the same like political stance as me. And she didn't. <laughs> so that was kind of a, that was kind of a turning point, especially for me, whenever it came to, um, political things, because I, yeah, I had, like I said, I, I had a very, very like conservative, I had a Theo bro mindset. <laughs> um, oh gosh. <laughs> the, the only thing that was, wasn't there was I wasn't Cal Calvinist. <laughs> oh, you saved yourself that one. That's, that's very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is like all this was before my egg cracked. I didn't know I was trans at the time. Um, wait, 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 wait. Egg cracked? What is that? That's you've never heard of egg. Cracking? I've never heard that. Well, okay. And you're, when your egg crack is whenever you realize you're trans. I've never heard that. And I'm pretty you've deep never... into yeah. What? <laughs> I like it. I like learning new things. It's fine. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um. But, you know, I fit in with all the other white guys because, you know, growing up evangelical, we all have crazy amounts of repression, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, that was a big, that was a big deal for me. And then, like, over the next few years uh, with different things happening, like, I deconstructed a lot. Um, and, like, it was this long process of, um, like, <laughs> whenever I decided that I really need to like examine what I believed, I didn't read a single progressive Christian book or anything. I read all of the conservative views. <laughs> uh, and like, whenever I decided to look at homosexuality, like I didn't read, um, uh, I don't know who's this, this is how bad I am. Like, I don't even know who like, I don't either. Truly. <laughs> authors are, but I read, um, I read these, like, especially these ex-gay authors, um, and like read their theology and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? This doesn't hold up. <laughs> um, yep. and, and like I had been through enough seminary and I, I, I studied the Bible and languages for fun. <laughs> so like, uh, I, I had learned enough that like looking at the logic of a lot of this stuff, I was like, no, this doesn't hold up anymore. Um, and so that's, that's how I changed my mind on homosexuality is I studied conservative views. Um, no, I feel that. I changed my mind on homosexuality when my best friend came out to me and I was like, well, I don't believe in that anymore. <laughs> it was just like a little, <laughs> which I guess my parents would not like if I said that. They're like, see, you just do whatever you want. And I do, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I did it. But also like, the whole trans thing was like this whole other step of, so like, I didn't, I, I, my egg didn't even crack until I became fully affirming. Um, but it was like a long process. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, it, eventually, uh, it, it was actually July 4th, 2019, <laughs> um, sitting at, 
uh, our favorite brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. There's a stone bench there. Like I, I know exactly where I was. I know what side of my, my wife and I were sitting on the stone bench. I know what side I was sitting on the side that she was sitting on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's whenever I came out, um, as trans and, uh, because she, she was actually asking me if I would want like to do drag, but I didn't hear it that way. I, I, I thought she was asking if I wanted to be a woman. And then it's like all mm. of the puzzle pieces came together and like, I don't know. It's such a weird experience to, to have like, like all these different points in your life, like connected finally for the first time. And I was what 32 years old at the time. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was such a surreal experience to be like, Oh, I remember this time when I was five years old and I was feeling this way whenever this happened. Oh, I remember this conversation that I had when I was a teenager over gender and how I felt about that. Um, it, so yeah, it was, it, it, it's, it's really one of those things. Like if you don't experience it, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but anyways, uh, there, there was a problem with this because I had already re-registered for seminary and was in mm. for classes. And this was a conservative Christian school. Also, I didn't know like if I was going to transition or not. Um, and so like, I couldn't really back out like classes were starting in in a month and that shit's already paid for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yo, I mean, I, I was using my GI bill. So like, Oh, to, well, I guess for a long time that shit was already paid for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but also like, uh, it takes a process to get the school approved to, so they'll actually pay for it. And it has to happen before this term starts. So it's like, mm. it's too soon for that to happen. So I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm transitioning or not. I just learned this about myself. I'm going to try to get my MDiv. <laughs> um, and also I'm going to be a distance student. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and then like, as time went on, like I, I took a couple semesters, I did decide to transition. Like I looked into the fact that they're title nine, which means that they're not supposed to discriminate on um, gender or, uh, or sexuality. Um, and then la last summer, uh, of 2021, I believe, I don't know, the last few years have meshed together. Uh, there was a, a Supreme court ruling saying that, uh, gender and sexual orientation are covered under sex in, um, and so I was like, you know, I, I, I have nothing to worry about. Like, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm just going to be distance doing, finish this up and we'll be done. Uh, but they still, they still found out that I was trans and they sent me a letter basically telling me I can, uh, withdraw from classes because I was, classes had just started, but we were still in that like grace period where you could withdraw, um, and get your money back or not. Well, I hadn't paid yet, <laughs> but, uh, essentially not have to pay. Uh, or I could stay in classes and face a disciplinary committee. Um, which would end up being later. And then if I got kicked out, which I would have because it's that type of school, then um, I would have had to pay for the entire 
semester. And like, I don't know about you. I'm not going to risk a few thousand dollars to, <laughs> to get kicked out of school. So I decided to withdraw. And uh, they were able to get, get away with that because even though they're a Title IX school and they don't have a religious exemption because of policies that were put in place because, by the Trump administration, religious schools can claim an exemption to Title IX, uh, a religious exemption to Title IX after the fact. So they can literally get in trouble and then say, oh, but we're a religious school, we claim religious exemption, and they it gets thrown out. So basically, like these schools get to get to claim that they don't discriminate until somebody uh, and say like like so they can claim they don't discriminate and show they don't have an exemption for anything and it makes them look really good, but then uh, but then they if somebody like oh I was discriminated then they can pull this exemption and it's like it's really messed up like for for religious schools title nine means absolutely nothing there is no protection for uh for especially lgbtq plus students and i didn't know that until i got <laughs> until i got kicked out um but yeah because of that uh, i got connected with reap and so uh which is the we love reap here oh yeah, love reap. <laughs> um so yeah i I have done a lot with REAP. I testified for the preliminary injunction that happened last November, um, which one of these, like, I can't really, I can't talk about that, but one of these days I want to be able to, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. But, um, so, I mean, that's been good. Uh, I'm, met mason through twitter who got me into united united like bent over backwards to take as many credits as possible and so i was able to uh well i also worked my butt off <laughs> uh I, I was able to actually finish my end of this last uh friday <laughs> actually. hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's my story <laughs> what a journey i love the journey I love it. I am finding that a lot of us who leave the church are the ones who are the most devout, like leave the military devout. <laughs> um, and I wonder what you think about that as somebody who's like run the full gamut of not just leaving the military, but of like taking on the justice system and taking on the education system and taking on religious institutions. Um, what is, what do you think about people who, those of us who have left being the ones who are just the, in it the most? Um, I mean that to me, that totally lines up. like the people that I see doing the most work are, uh, they're, they're either like queer uh christians or the other side are like these super mostly cis white men um if we're going to be completely honest like the evangelical theo bro like have to protect the church david didn't rape bathsheba like that type of guy um <laughs> i mean he clearly did but whatever <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> clearly there's no way around that yeah um uh, but like there's those guys that are like trying to maintain power with their fragile masculinity. And then there's like these people that are just so, I don't know. It feels like just so in tune with 
the fact that the world is not so like binary, like we were taught. Um, but so I still have like a super strong conviction that like this stuff's important and like to the point of importance where like, um, like coming out and being, uh, vocal about, about being trans and a Christian and in this place where I'm able to speak and stuff like it's actually a physically dangerous place. Like the evangelicals on the white side, uh, on the, on the other side, <laughs> that was actually a slip up. And I mean to say the white side, <laughs> um, on the other side, like, they, like they have nothing to lose. Like, honestly, they're just protecting what they have, but then like people on our side actually care enough that will put themselves out there in dangerous, more dangerous positions uh, because like we actually care and we think that it's important. And so there's like, I don't know, like it's just the type of people we are, I guess I I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, there's definitely this drive of, um, you know, I, I like, I found something that is good here and I, and I want other people to experience the good that I've experienced. Um, not in a weird, like forceful, uh, evangelism type way, but like actually just improving the world. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. We were trained to be the, the people that like maintain the, the system that's already in power right now. And it's like, that didn't work for us, but we're still super passionate about, um, trying to understand God and how that interacts with the world. Mm -hmm. Um, one second while I corral my dogs. Um, I guess it's my job all the time. Anyways, one second. (laughs) Uh, They're just fucking barking and I don't understand. (laughs) That's okay. Is that your wedding dress behind you? Yeah. That looks amazing. I just got this piece to see if I like it. I have to try it on first. It looks so cool. I wanted the drama, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to what we were talking about <laughs> before my dog so rudely interrupted. Now they're all in here, fucking assholes. Uh, <laughs> rescue dogs, I'm telling you. Um, so tell me um, about Wild Goose. Why are you at Wild Goose? Which, for those of you who don't know, is a hippie Christian festival that people go on to like hang out and stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, I was at Wild Goose just because. I could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I was there. Like, I got a free ticket because uh, United had a booth and Mason was there, and but they still got two tickets, so um, he gave me one. Um, but yeah, mostly I was there to just hang out with people, and I've never been to Wild Goose, but uh, because I met like Derek, who I know you just interviewed, um, and we got a we road trips from. Uh, up up there, which is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I did a panel uh, with deconstruction, and that's that's what I did at Wild Goose. But like, I don't know. Just I mean, I asked that I just because <laughs> I think it says a lot about people who are willing to go into spaces. I mean, lots of people warned me about Wild Goose, saying, "Oh, there's too many old white people," and "Oh, this, that, mm-hmm. and that." And I go, and I'm just like, "Well, I don't know if it's just because I'm obstinate and I don't really give a fuck about white people, but I always have a great time. I think they're funny, and I like fighting with people. I don't know." 
I mean, so it, it was definitely a shock. I didn't know what to expect yeah. when I went to Wild Goose. And there was a lot of old white people. Well, old white hippie people. So um, hippie. Like, classic. So hippie. Stevie Nicks well, also, hippie, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, like, the worship music on the opening night yeah. was so weird. And yeah. the 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 white Christian rapper. That, oh gosh! Oh, it was it, yeah. It's just so endearing, this is, this, isn't it? It's so cute. It is. <laughs> I mean, this is this is why we skipped that opening the opening night and just walked around the festival and took yeah. animals. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. There's a lot of drugs at Wild Goose, everybody. Despite the old people. <laughs> They probably have the most there. I uh, know. We we were we were only doing Delta Eight. It's legal where we were. Which is, I was telling Derek this, but I just get so annoyed. It's not as good, and I'm spoiled because I got the California weed that evolved out of the hood weed that just always been gray, no. and I just, uh, it's not the same. It's different. Oh, I mean, I know it's still it's fun, not, but it's not yeah. but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. What did um? So now that you're on this new journey of post divinity life, not post divinity, post mdiv, <laughs> post seminary life. <laughs> what do you got planned? What is? How are you gonna change the world, Kaylee? How am I gonna? How am I gonna change the world? Well, <laughs> I got a I got a master of divinity, which means I am now in charge of all of the divinities. All so of them. The divine. The divine now answers to me. Yes. Um, but I, so I work as, I, I'm the director of digital outreach for the Center of Prophetic Imagination, which is, uh, an, it's a nonprofit organization that focuses on, um, uh, kind of like, the way I like to say it is social justice as a spiritual practice. Mm. And so it, it really tries to work with the overlap of uh, developing a spirit, a sense of spirituality that does uh, that does push people to actually get involved in social justice, and we we really see that what we're trying to do is create kind of a mindset that where like our faith if we really want it to do something in the world it has to be subversive to what the world has already set up and subversive to the systems that maintain power and marginalize people and keep people oppressed and so (laughs) which that's really broad (laughs) um but we're trying to like focus in on what we do before before i came on we offer a a two-year certificate program so like we're kind of like a school, but also uh, we do retreats and like smaller events and we're kind of shifting a little bit because COVID has uh, forced things to be different. And so now we're working more to develop digital, I don't know, products isn't really the right word, but I don't know, digital offerings, I guess. Digital Uh, content. Digital content. So like right now, what I'm working on is a book. It's a prayer book, but specifically to focus prayers on um, towards social social justice and oh. orientating yourself to acting within social justice. Uh, yeah, and so hopefully that'll be coming out 
if I can work on it <laughs> a lot, uh, this, I'm hoping this next spring. Um, and it's kind of taken up. So the other person that staffed, it's just two of us on staff. Uh, she's also a trans woman and like, she started this way before her eight cracked. And, um, so, but it's just kind of been sitting there. And so now I'm looking at it and like, and she's like, I want you to take this and queer it up a lot. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, but also like my MDivs and biblical studies. And so like we have Bible verses like all throughout it. And instead of like using translations, I'm literally translating everything because I don't trust Bible translations. So it, it lets me get super nerdy on like really small stuff, which I love. Casual. Yeah. You're just like, hmm, let me look at this Hebrew and Aramaic real quick. See if they got it right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's that. basically how I've been doing. <laughs> and I think it's so important too, especially, I mean, I'm somebody who is passionate about social justice. I mean, it's kind of what my life revolves around at this point. And yeah. Yeah, I deconstructed and yeah, I have certain beliefs about whatever, but sometimes I just need some guided prayer like in the good old days, you know, I just need that classic old timey connection to the Lord, you know, and <laughs> oh no, I think it's, like, it's so important, especially to have, I'm a big book person, to have something that's like mm -hmm. tangible and like, okay, flip it and like, it's a practice, it's a practice of it, right? Yeah. It, like that and that's kind of the idea is um it's kind of a, it's a four-week prayer um program but each week has its has a different focus and each week's going to have its own chapter that like tells you why you're doing it and focusing on um uh, focusing on the different aspects like the the first section is going to be on the sermon on sermon on the mount it's going to be prayers based off the sermon on the mount and um, so then there'll be a chapter that like talks about how the Sermon on the Mount is actually this radical, uh, piece of, of preaching that is incredibly subversive, especially under the Roman empire. And so like praying through that in a way where you're praying in a way that reflects the subversiveness of what Jesus is saying, mm. like that's kind of the goal there. I love this. On the theme of social justice, um, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people that make me angry about Christian schools, actually. And I have a lot of opinions about religious institutions and the government and Title IX and all this stuff. But what would you say to somebody who says, like, well, you knew what they were like, you knew what it, they were about, you knew what you're signing up for, like, why would you want to go to a Christian institution? Why would you blah, 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 you know, all that bullshit. What would you say mm -hmm. to somebody? I mean, I, I have had to answer that before, uh, but I mean, the truth is I went to an institution that aligns with my tradition mm. and I was in a tradition for 30 plus years. So like, let that sink in as mm -hmm. 30 years. <laughs> um, like that's where I come from. That, that, that's me. That's to, like defines so much of who I am today. Also my tradition is inherently well supposed to be non-creedal like it doesn't have creeds so they're they aren't supposed to be dividing over um different beliefs mm -hmm. um and so i went to the school because it's my tradition <laughs> like yeah it's that simple and also like i'm a christian where am i going to get a cr christian education uh, maybe a christian institution 
Um, but also like taking that further, it, it comes down to the, t- that title nine exemption. I should have been safe mm-hmm. in the school from, from discrimination because they, they didn't even have an exemption, the title nine title nine is mm-hmm. supposed to be there to protect students. And the fact is that it's not, it's actually being used to harm students in these situations, but, uh, yeah, they didn't have an exemption. They claimed Title IX. It should have been a safe place, but it it wasn't because there's these loopholes that just allow religious institutions to act like they aren't discriminating, but they very, very much do. And it like if the argument is you knew what you're getting yourself into. Uh, first of all, when I got when I went there in 2009 and then like went back to it i didn't know it was trans <laughs> uh when i when my eight cracked i didn't know what they said about trans students in yeah. their handbook like are you serious why are you gonna read something that doesn't apply to you yeah who <laughs> like, reads the fucking student handbook <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and yeah i mean correct so, me like, if i'm wrong but in order for you to Title IX is for those schools who accept state or federal funding, right? Well, federal funding specifically, yeah. So that's like that's like your Pell Grant, that's right. your federal student loans. Um, yeah, those. And there should be no exceptions under separation of church and state. There shouldn't be, to to be honest. And that, like that's something that gets brought up a lot. Well, this is about freedom of religion. Actually, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. If it's about freedom of religion, like there you could be free you could be free from the state that's fine but you won't get none of that money yeah i mean that that's that's the thing is like these schools they can't they can go and discriminate against lgbtq plus people like all they want this government is i mean i have opinions on whether the government should allow that to happen but the way that it's set up right now schools can do that they can discriminate all they want the issue is that federal funding. Our federal government has said, hey, we will protect students based off of their gender identity and sexual orientation, uh, except for if they're religious. And then it's a big fuck you. <laughs> like, right. Right, can I swear, swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but see, like, that's the thing is like, it's federal funding, which means it's taxpayer funding. And, I don't know about you. I pay taxes. Yep. So I'm literally paying for my discrimination. Like that, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, like if we're gonna be honest about this, that's yeah, it's messed up. And that shouldn't be a thing. Like, if if our government has said we're gonna protect students, we'll protect the fucking students. Stop, you know, stop trying to make money because the truth is they make money off of this too. Mm-hmm. It's all. Because they they fund the loans and then there's interest on the loans. So then the school gets money, but they make money because of that interest. So basically, basically when it comes down to it, Title IX sounds all fun and like good and stuff, but the fact is the the government has not shown that it actually cares about uh, queer students. And there it they are making improvements to Title IX. Uh, as, and specifically saying gender identity and sexual orientation in their new guidelines, but they don't address the issue of like trans athletes or uh, trans people being able to use whatever the fuck bathroom they want to use. Because honestly, if somebody's going in there to 
do anything other than pee, then they're probably like they're not gonna care. Like, yeah, they're not um, gonna go on full drag just to go do all their evil doings in the bathroom. They're just gonna go do it. <laughs> exactly, and, and like it's totally it's totally like disconnected with like actual trans experience. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll get, I'll get very personal on the, sh- on your podcast. I love it. This won't be, this isn't recorded anywhere else. This is a, a talking interest church exclusive right here. Yeah. Being a trans woman bathrooms are awkward because, um, not just because I'm worried about being clocked, or anything because if i just walk in i'm not talking to anybody it, mostly my voice is what gives me away i'm not talking to anybody um i just go in i pee whatever <laughs> um cis women or at least um i'll change that people with vaginas pee much louder than people with penises wait really <laughs> yeah i didn't know that um, yeah uh <laughs> so like <laughs> so I, I talked to other trans women about this and like you go into a bathroom you sit down you start to pee and you actually worry that somebody in the stall next to you is gonna clock you as trans because you're not peeing as loud as the is first. the stream just like smaller the the stream's smaller also I like guess. when you when you sit down it kind of uh squeezes it a little bit more so it's not coming out as fast <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> like these are the things that trans women are thinking about in the bathrooms like it's not any of this other shit nobody's really that. thinking about how loud you're doing no, when I you think about that. it yeah like, like on a logical level i yeah. think that nobody is listening to me pee right <laughs> but like there's that self-conscious yeah like, feeling of i don't want to like i don't want anybody noting yeah it's also so yeah. funny like because i'm just like wow i didn't know that and probably nobody with a vagina probably knows that <laughs> yeah right like, that's like a pp exclusive <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, everything is just so ridiculous, right? That it just comes down to, am I peeing loud enough? It's just so fucking right, People are just yeah. trying to fucking pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ugh, I can't with anybody. I can't with religious institutions in general, which thank God that Reap exists, right? Like, doing the good Lord's work. I don't mm. think I like the word Lord. I keep saying it. I don't think I like that. Um, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, I sometimes like Lord because of the implication, the anti-empire implications of Jesus is Lord over mm. Caesar, which means if you say Jesus is Lord now, then that's Jesus is Lord and not Trump or capitalism yeah. or America or you know Biden because... Honestly, I don't like Biden either, but Amen. Uh, uh, so like in that sense, I, I don't mind like good Lord or something like that. But then at the same time, it's that whole hierarchy thing that also isn't necessarily, um, <laughs> doesn't, isn't necessarily work out. <laughs> I know. Isn't like the only gender neutral 
like king term like ruler term like pharaoh but that has its own implications in christianity <laughs> you can't go calling god pharaoh because well let my people go <laughs> um yeah i think about all these things way too much it's just ridiculous yeah that's really interesting i've not thought about that i have tried it like because i'd like to find a good alternative term for kingdom um and i I really i hate the word the phrase kingdom oh yeah i just i i hate it um that's so funny it's so but but it's so hard because like the the idea of saying the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be this like super subversive uh statement of being belonging to something other than the roman empire and so like in that sense it's like incredibly it's an, an incredible like term however like we just don't have good english words i um, agree being bilingual i agree <laughs> I mean, the closest you can get to is nation because that's still, that is the same idea, but damn, I am not saying nation of God. Nope. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds deeply problematic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Kaylee, this has been a great conversation. Um, you should come back whenever something completely egregious happens. We should just bitch about it. Or when something wonderful happens too, I guess. Um, not everything has to be conflict, Josie. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to teach myself that. But do you have anything to plug for the people before we head off or any final thoughts, anything like that? Um, plugging, uh, I mean, check out Reap. Uh, Reap, um, is, uh, Reap is awesome. Um, also support them financially because mm-hmm. they... they uh like it it's literally like one small group of lawyers taking on the department of education plus uh the department of the department of justice because they're the ones that supply the lawyers for the other organization other government organizations plus the council for christian colleges and universities um so like the, they're up against a lot like uh, give them money <laughs> yeah give them money um so yeah definitely check out reap um and check out center for prophetic imagination where i work um it's uh weird. it's really weird because I, I we don't have anything to offer like right now so i can't like be like hey and we have this thing coming out um because we, we don't yet we, we have but a follow along yeah but follow along because we're going to have stuff and we're going to be entering into our fundraising time where we will have stuff and you should totally um buy whatever we're we have or better yet we're i know that we're going to have like a membership like uh support us monthly program coming just don't have the details i can't tell you about it mm-hmm. yet. So definitely center for prophetic imagination just follow it on facebook instagram or twitter or go to the website and do the newsletter if that's your thing um and yeah be on the lookout for stuff because i promise things are coming <laughs> i love it 
Well, friends, as always, you can find Speaking in Church at Speaking in Church on Instagram. You can find me at Josie Takes the World. And don't worry about Spencer. She's got a baby and she don't want you looking at her. So that's that. All right, friends. It's been lovely to have you, Kaylee. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, everybody. Yes, we loved it. As always, everybody, stay woke or get woke. Goodbye. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.